PFT Media. Hey kids, it's your buddy Peter. It's May 3rd at around 7 o'clock in the evening, and I'm putting the finishing touches on episode 135, I think. It is our interview with Costa Kimlet. He is a magician. He's done magic all over the world. He's been on television. He's been on the stages of Las Vegas. He's been on the stages of other countries. And he is based out of Orlando. And he might be the biggest, most famous guest I've ever had. And uh, he came in and talked about magic and business and life and traveling and just hung out. And we had a pretty good time. Matter of fact, after we turned the mics off, we continued to talk for another hour. So he's just a fascinating character. Uh, here's what you do. Google his, Google his name. And you're going to find videos of him. One of the, the bigger ones you're going to find is him on a TV show with Penn and Taylor called Fool Us. And uh, he actually fools them, fools them with one of his magic tricks. So to say he's good at what he does would be putting it lightly. And he's a fascinating character. So hang tight for that. But of course, I've got some business. First and foremost, this weekend, PFT Media and Get Rad Records in Sanford is throwing a free concert. And you should come. It's going to be about 10, 15 bands, uh, a couple stages comedians i think there's a dj playing out there there's going to be a punk rock flea market there's going to be food vendors uh, a couple of the pft podcasts are going to be out there i'll be out there interviewing fritz from the phillips file and from fort fritz and from casual shadows podcast it's going to be a good time it's free so come hang out say hi we'll have some podcast uh, swag to give away uh, yeah it's, it's going to be good it's going to be a, a big thing and i'd love to see your face out there i think that we're going to have some fun also next week uh, um, North Korea gave us some concert tickets to MC Chris at the Sound Bar on May 11. They're going to be giving them away in our podcast group, Scotch and Good Conversationalist, on Facebook. So join that group, and I'm going to be giving them away on Tuesday. Haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, so just pay attention on Tuesday, and uh, you could win some tickets to MC Chris. Also, we've got a new sponsor, Your Button Guy. You got a podcast, you got a business, maybe you got a, like a, a group that needs some buttons, some little pins. Uh, your button guy is my button guy, and there's a reason that I chose to do business with him is because he's good at what he does. And he, uh, uh, he's not expensive, he's very polite, he's very professional, and he does our buttons for Scotch and Good Conversation. If you need buttons for your podcast, your band, or your business, or your group, get at him on Instagram. Just follow him at your button guy. And uh, uh, tell them that we sent you over at Scotch and Good Conversation Buttons, MC Chris, the May 5th thing. I think that's it, kids. Uh, thanks so much for being part of my life. You guys go outside and play. Take care of each other. Hug each other. Love each other. Have fun. Take care. Peace. Bye-bye.
thank you so much for checking out episode, uh, what is this, 135, I think, of Scotch in Good Conversation. We are coming to you from Rosie Lynn Studios in beautiful Orlando. My name is Peter, and this is what we do. We're like a weekly hangouty kind of excuse to day drink, podcast, get together type thing. We find interesting people. We turn off our cell phones. We turn off our computers. Every now and then we may crack a beer or have a glass of scotch. And we talk. We hang out. Hopefully we have some fun. And hopefully it's something that you will dig along the way. If you're into this kind of thing, go over to scotchinggoodconversation.com. You can find each and every one of our past podcasts. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We are on PFT Media. If you'd like to get involved, if you want to be part of the conversation, give us a phone call. 407-706-9523. That's 407-706-9523. If the phone is not your thing, totally get it. Scotch and good conversation at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter where we tweet at the president every now and then. And we couldn't do any of this. With the help of some people, this is one of them. They're going to have a product that you should use. Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor has been an institution in the craft beer scene in Orlando since 2005. They are the originators of craft beer here in Orlando. Independently owned, located in a cool section of Orlando. They've got 300 plus bottles and cans. They have 26 beers on tap and they have award-winning in-house brewing. If you haven't been, you need to make it a plan right now to get over to Red Light, Red Light. Comfortable environment, friendly staff, all with the best beer in the world. They're located at 2810 Kareen Drive in the beautiful Audubon Park Garden District. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, to find out what's going on and what beers are on tap. And tell them you heard about them on Scotch and Good Conversation. And we couldn't do this without a guest. I am going to blow your name. Costa Kimlet. That was pretty close. Is it that pretty was close? good, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 how, is, how is it pronounced? Like the, the perfect way is Costa. Oh, but see, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, no I'm I can't say do that. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's, it's not but, but Costa, I say like Costa Rica. Hey, buddy. Costa yeah. <laughs> it's so, uh, uh, thank you. We, we've been talking for a little while. My dog's barked at you. Uh, you made it by her. See, she's calm. She's, she's awesome. cool. We she, got to know each other. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't get up. Don't make any sudden moves. She will eat you. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming in. You said you listened. These are three things that I know about you. I'm yeah. gonna dive right in. You scared? We've been following you around for a little bit. How about this? There's there's two things I know about us. Okay. That we both did Bikram yoga. Okay. Wow. And we both had our ears pierced, or you still do? I did at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll dive in that. That's what I know about us. Oh wow! That's see. So you you did Bikram? I Bikram? did for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like like a long term thing? Did you do the the thirty days thing? I probably did it for like two years. Oh my god! Long. You're yeah. out of your effing mind, dude. It That's, was fine. It was great. It's terrible. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you, you like in the Soviet Union, you grew up like with, with steam baths and like the, the classic, you yeah, know, yeah. they beat you and stuff in there. So it, it's, it's, it's the, the only form of exercise that I've ever really fully enjoyed. And it turned out that he's just kind of a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's really just, just a mess. And the, the uh, regular yoga is fine. Too. Yeah, no, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I enjoy the yoga. We were supposed to do it Monday, my wife and I, but I, I, I think I talked her out of it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I also liked it because maybe Didi, if you, my sweet, beautiful wife, if you're listening, 
there aren't many things that that I'm better at than her. <laughs> I'm better at yoga than her. Wow. Yeah, I, I can stand in uh, standing bow pose forever. I can do it without even thinking about it. She, Listen, it's not a competition. I, well, <laughs> it is for me. Everything's a competition. Uh, she is not good at some of the poses. She's cute, but she. I think she has an inner ear infection or something where her balance is way off. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe not. Maybe I'm just better at her. But, uh, uh, that's I, really hard though because when you see all the other people and you're like, wow, that's amazing. I can't do that. It's difficult. You have to literally just ignore everybody else. And you know what else is difficult? The room's 110 degrees. That that, that, that's the worst part of it. It went slippery. When they, they, you do that thing when you put your arms out like an airplane. Mm-hmm. You ever have sweat swung at you? Oh, I don't know about that, but it goes in your eye and starts flowing. Oh, down. yeah, you kind of got, yeah. you're, you're kind of follically challenged in the front like me. <laughs> yeah, it, it drains. And then you, I, I used to try to wear like a cool bandana guy, but that doesn't work. Yeah. I, and I'd tell my wife, like, I can't see through most. And I, <laughs> I can't wear my glasses, so I literally can't see. So it, it's just a mess. I, I hate exercising. I'm no good at it. These are three things that I know about you. Uh, thing number one, and this is. Besides, you just seem charming. Uh, this is probably the reason you're here. Not many people have done this. You fooled Penn and Teller. Yes. Explain to the kids what that is, because I know it, it's very impressive. So they have they have a TV show called Fool Us, uh-huh. and and Penn and Teller. Most people know. If you don't know, they're Vegas magicians. They've been around together for over forty years, and the TV show they have magicians go on there and they have one chance to do one magic trick for them, and they have to try to figure you out. And if they figure you out, okay. If they don't, if you fool them. Then you get to you get a trophy and you get to close their show in Las Vegas. Okay, and and, and you, you're a magician. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's where that you're is, going. That's probably should clear that up. Yes. You, you just happen to walk in. I I, I can do this. <laughs> and uh, I I watched it. You you pissed uh, Pen off. Yeah. Was he really that pissed? He looked angry. Like he, he, he was an artistic. Yeah. Pissed. He was he was angry. But here's what people don't know. And he threw a chair. Magician. I mean, it, it's it's uh, he he looked he looked upset that you fooled him because the dude is clearly smart. It was, and here's why, and this is the critical point that if, you, if you're not into magic, then to, to know this backstory is that the trick that I performed for them is over 80 years old. Okay. And the idea of it, most magicians know. Yeah, yeah. He probably knew how to do it. He didn't know how you did it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we know dozens of ways of doing it, and they had just done the same trick on the Today Show a week before him. <laughs> and so they're watching it, and he told me afterwards, like, we're watching it. Oh, we know what's going to happen, and we're going to sit back, and we're going to bust you. And then halfway through, I was closing all the doors that they were thinking. Uh-huh. And so, as I was eliminating the other methods, they were getting madder and madder and madder. So, yeah, that's that's why they got so pissed. Do you ever go back and watch yourself on that television show and you say, "I nailed it"? Maybe once a year, just I'll when you're feeling it. blue, sitting, sitting, on, sitting on the toilet on your phone, and say, look at me. It's weird. It's weird watching it. And now on YouTube, there's people actually posting videos of them watching me. So you're just watching some person watch me That's, and their reaction. It's so you're bizarre. a magic rock star in a very small world. Like I go to Publix and no one knows who I am. Yeah. And it's great. No, that's, that's cool. Um, but you do something interesting. Uh, uh, well, actually we'll skip that. It says your dad taught you your first trick at eight. Yeah. Uh, what trick was that? I mean, it, it was the 21 card trick. It was the, the dumbest card trick that every single person knows. I don't know. Uh, you'd be surprised. You, you might maybe somewhere you saw like it. Like knows or knows how to do? Like any person who comes up to me and says, hey, I can do a card trick. I usually can bet $100 that it'll be a trick involving three piles of seven cards. Okay. Because it's like mathematical, self-working. An eight-year-old can do it. Not me. And you can do this one. I probably you can deal cards. But it's one of those things where you learn at eight and you're like, oh my God, I've got power. I can do something. And that was the only trick I did for like four years until we came to America. And then in America, I started reading magic books. When was the last time you did that trick? 
Um, there's a version of it I have that is meant to mess with magicians who know the trick. So probably about half a year ago, I screwed up a magician really bad, uh -huh. and I like played dumb. And I'm like, oh, remember this old trick? Yeah. And then you just screw them up royally with it. <laughs> I, I, I do love fooling magicians because you have to know what they know and then use their knowledge against them. What is a business magician? So I started doing corporate events. Okay. And I realized early on that like all I'm doing is business events, and I was going to trade shows and conventions and sales meetings. And as we were filming the Penn & Teller show, as we were filming like the little introductory piece, and they're like, oh, describe what you do. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm, I'm a magician that does it for business. I'm a business magician. And I text my wife. I'm like, is the businessmagician.com available? <laughs> That's our new branding. Here we go. Good for you. And it's working out. And you uh, you, you are like a, a, a speaker, like a keynote speaker. Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I transitioned. I didn't tell anyone I was a speaker for 10 years. I was paying my dues and I was performing for presenting for local businesses here in Winter Park and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then after about five to 10 years, I had enough content and I knew what I was talking about and how I could really help people. So I transitioned from being a magician where it's like people applaud and like you're the best to being a speaker where people are grateful for the knowledge that you've brought them. Okay, but and there's magic involved. There, absolutely. So out of an yeah. hour, I do like 10 minutes of magic, but the difference is that I make a difference as opposed to just get a round of applause. Okay, yeah. Uh, and what is a Think Like a Magician uh, trademarked, by the way? It says TM. It is. It's yeah. absolutely trademarked so that other magicians don't steal that. Because yeah. I was, I was going to steal it. I know. And then I saw the TM got scared that you good. had a lawyer. Yeah. That's the plan. Okay, good. Yeah, Think Like a Magician. I started the company called Think Magic and back in 2002. And around that time, I was like, okay, you know what? This is what I really teach is... I'm not teaching people to be a magician, but I'm teaching them how to think like a magician. Okay. And I talk about the psychology of magic and how it relates to communication and perception. And, and that's my like obsession now is just looking at the role of perception in our lives and helping people and groups and organizations be more aware of how they are perceived and how they can influence perception. Uh, the second thing I know about you, and I'm, I, this one I thought was weird, you were on Nickelodeon as a kid. <laughs> well, well researched. Yeah, yeah. What, what, which, which, uh, did you get slimed? I did not get slimed. Okay. I was running up the aggro crag. Oh, sure on, you were. What, global what, guts. What, what is the aggro, what, aggro it's, what? It's like, um, the aggro crag is like the final thing. It's like American Gladiators for kids. Okay. And it was called, it was called <laughs> so Guts. You to kill a kid at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so the show was called Guts and they had a, a global version of it. So it was called Global Guts and there was kids from all over the country. Okay. And that was like early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> was it just you or was the fam? Um, so my sister was the coach for the Soviet team. Okay. She got that gig kind of randomly, and then one of the kids broke their ankle, and I had to step in. <laughs> I'm and so horrible. I just giggled at a kid breaking its ankle. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so you stepped in for broken ankle kid. Yeah, and not only that, like, I was not expecting to participate. Did, I'm not an athletic kid. Get out of here. It was, it was... Um, the guy in the magic's not athletic. Yeah, no. can you get believe out, that? Get out of here. Know, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, so did you win? No, I got second place. Well, I was, I, second place is good. I, I've got second place at some stuff. You know, <laughs> we, we just had um, a reunion with the girl that beat me because she's, she's from Germany and the other girl was from Spain. You had an organized reunion or did you happen to meet someplace? No, we happened to meet. We were in England oh, oh, okay. and she was living there. I, I so thought, we got I thought together. Like everybody got together. There was a caterer. Yeah. I kid you not, there is fan fiction online That's about disturbing. this show. Like that, somebody wrote a fake story with us as the characters. That's really disturbing. Really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone's got way too much free time yeah. on their hands and the, the th uh, fourth thing I third thing I know about you I'm really good at this by the way numbers uh, yeah number three that I know about you is uh, you were just on the set of Center at Live no we were in Chicago <laughs> at the museum wrong <laughs> really that wasn't Center at Live illusion. we were on 
It's the Museum of Broadcasting in Chicago, and okay. they have a Saturday Night Live exhibit. I thought that and, they, they let you get way too close to the stage. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought maybe you had some sort of rock star magic thing that you got to do. I do. Yeah. I do. So, Not that time. So that, that's, it's a fake set. It's a faux set. It's uh, a faux uh, set. It's a cool exhibit. It shows the whole history of how the show's put together. It's really cool. It'll be a traveling exhibit. That's worth I love seeing. Chicago. I didn't think I'd like Chicago. I was yeah. there last year, and, and I, I can't imagine being there during the winter because it seems just miserable. I can't, yeah. I but uh, I, I really dig Chicago. There's a lot going on there. And contrary to, uh, I'm sure there's sections that I shouldn't go into and I didn't go into, but uh, I never felt unsafe. I, I, it seemed a lot cleaner than I thought it was going to be for a big, huge, yeah. giant city. I had a good time there. And, you ever uh, watch the show Shameless? No, what is that? Uh, it's, it's, based, it's set in Chicago. It's with William H. Macy. and Oh, I like him. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an amazing show. And, and it's all set in Chicago in, that, in the area where you wouldn't want to go to. Right. I, uh, and you, uh, you also saw The View. Yeah, my, so my... Or was my, that my, fake? Was it the, <laughs> that, was, that was real. Okay, you're lying to us on your Facebook. That's it. It's all an illusion yeah. for everybody. <laughs> no, we, we went. My wife and I have been traveling. Um, she left her job about five months ago, so we've been traveling nonstop. And when we were in LA and New York, she was like, let's go see a bunch of TV shows you never want to watch. Okay, good. And I was wondering if you were a fan of The View. No. Okay, because... Uh, yeah. But I'm on, a fan of studios, and I like watching the process, and that was cool. Okay, that's it. So uh, Whoopi's on there, right? Yes, uh, she was there. Barbara Walters used to be on there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's as far as I know about The View. But was it fun? Did, was, did you have a good time? Did Not you, standing did... in line in the snow at 6 in the morning. That was awful. Really? You have to wait in line at 6 in the morning to go see they, The View? They, they were nice. Once it started raining, they brought us into the studio. Oh, that is and nice. Stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool to see the process. We went to hear uh, to see The Voice being recorded in L.A. That was just... You know, was Gwen cool. Stefani on there? We there was It was a special episode oh, where it was no a celebrity Gwen? performance. Some oh, of the judges oh, were there. Oh, that, that's the, I, the only reason I'd go is to look at Gwen Stefani. Who's the... Um, Christina Aguilera? Was she on the show? She's, uh, she's easy in the eyes, too. You know, I don't, no one was there when we were filming. God, ripped yeah. up Blake Sheldon. He's dreamy. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know a little bit about The View. I don't think I've ever seen it. Three things. Uh, top three bands, singers, songwriters, rappers, or performers that do do music. Quick go. No pressure. So, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. Because okay. I know you asked this question. Everybody overthinks these. No, no, no. So I, I've got my answers for you. I just okay. want to maybe, like, preamble. Uh, there's no, there are no wrong answers. It's true. It's true. But what... Here's the difference is that I, I grew up uh -huh. in, in, and I say the Soviet Union because it's important people know it was Ukraine, mm -hmm. but it was a whole different society than a different time. And so my 80s were in communist Soviet you know, Union. That sounds no fun at all. Uh, well, you know, I mean, actually, as a kid, you don't know any better. So it was fun when you don't know any better. And then when you come to America and you're like, oh, this is what freedom looks like. Then you realize what you, what you yeah, did yeah. before. So, so my musical background started when I, when we came to America is ordering those random house CDs, you know, when you get 10 for a penny. Did you rip them off? Do you repay? <laughs> I don't know. I can't say. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you're, you're the only one who paid. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Being honest. So, so we, uh, so we got those and that's what it's like American music started opening up. And so yeah. it was everything from. That must have been wonderful. It, yeah. Because I, I really dig music. So I interrupted, but that, that must have been really wonderful to, to go from nothing. It's like zero to 60 in, in two seconds. Yeah. The first moment we arrived in New York and seeing like cop cars and the lights and everything as a nine-year-old kid, you're just like, wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, so music hit me. So music, I listened to everything. I mean, that first order of CDs was like Mozart, Chopin, Tupac. Blues Traveler. Um, <laughs> you're the only person. Loaf. You're the only person who ever did that in the history of. of <laughs> the, like, the, what of, is this? Who is this crazy person? No, so I change. So my music, I can listen to Chopin in in the morning. You say that cool, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you say it like like uh, someone who 
listens to Chopin. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then uh, put on some Juvenile and okay. the whole Tupac album, All Eyes on Me. I know every song by heart. But then, and this is what you're going to hate, I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. Because uh, I heard you talking about your first concert experience. <laughs> well, you ripped me off. <laughs> it wasn't my first, co- it was my first really big, I feel like I've been violated. Yeah, because you were on the lawn and it was terrible. I get it. Yeah, it is terrible on the lawn. Yeah, well, it's, and, and for a guy who, and I appreciate Dave Matthews on a level where, I, I like the fact that he drinks cough syrup and dances around. I, I, see, I like that. But I, I think he would, I, I would have liked to have seen him like in a bar. Before he blew up, I think that'd have been great because his band oh, is I tight. Know, no, 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 I'm not into his music, but his band is tight, and there's like a dozen people in that band. Any band that can can work that way, where everything works beautifully and they make music, um, the way you feel about studios, I feel about bands. Yeah. So I I, I appreciated that, but we paid a hundred bucks, and I I was looking at the back of a hill. You know what it is? Is they've gotten so popular, and people go there not even for the music, but just for being there at a party. And so it's just a different experience it had nowadays. A, it had a Jimmy mean. Buffett vibe to it that I didn't really appreciate. The best times I've had was watching Dave Matthews <laughs> and Tim Reynolds play their acoustic guitars and jam out Madison Square Garden, and like just that was amazing. So that's what I love listening to most is Dave and Tim. If you listen to any of their full live shows, uh-huh. there's so much on YouTube. You really get to appreciate the music, how it sounds, and so so jam bands. Dave Matthews, Fish, Jason Mraz. Oh yeah, we're not gonna we're gonna fight. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. We, no, I knew that. I knew we have totally different tastes. I think I might like Jason Mraz. He wears a hat, right? Jason is just <laughs> so chill. He was. Just, we just saw him at, in, in Waitress with Sarah Bareilles in New York. I don't know what that is either. Uh, I, I, it's I, a Broadway play. It was I, good. I, I was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, and I I purposely put this question in here because I grew up being a, like a music dickhead elitist guy you know you're wrong that, that band's that band sucks everybody's got something they're into and there are there yeah. are no wrong answers and, yeah. and i won't shit on your dave matthews as terrible <laughs> as it is that's why i had to give the preamble i'm like no hey, no you know. good for you you listen to dave hey, what's dave doing these days do you know is he recording is he is he is he out and about does he kick yeah, the cough medicine they're, they're back on tour this summer i think good yeah. his tour bus dumped a bunch of poop on some on a, a boat in chicago did you know that um, a, like maybe a while back, like yeah, seven, yeah. eight years ago, yeah, I remember they were, yeah, because they're so like, you know, uh, friendly with the environment and yeah, everything. Just so really, happened, it was like, oh, no. Just really unfortunate for him and the yeah. people in the boat that was underneath him. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee you read some books. You strike me as a reader. Yeah. I said that to everybody, but you, I'm telling the truth. You actually do strike me as a reader. Yeah. Three books. There are three favorite books right now sitting on the blue couch. So I, maybe um, even more so than books, I can kind of tell you authors, you know, in particular. But but you I can do that. Yeah, no, no, books are everything to me. So when we moved to America, we my family shipped boxes and boxes of books. Wow, good for them. Yeah, and so so when we came, you could only bring two pieces of luggage per person. Oh, I ripped off. And and fifty dollars per person. So we came here. It was five of us. Well, they're really setting you up for failure, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, no, no, they they didn't want you. No, well, the Soviet Union, they didn't want you to leave oh, with your things. They wanted you to leave all your assets behind. Sell them, get rid of them. You know, this that was again. that was their rules, not our rules. Yeah, that was. I, okay, I thought the United States was setting you up for failure. I'm pretty sure it was the Soviet Union saying you can't leave here with you know with more than this. Where is the Ukraine, by the way? I, we know, I know it's up someplace. Like we, my wife and I were talking about it, and she said, "I bet you don't know." And I was like, "I have no idea." <laughs> so imagine um, east of east of Greece, okay, south of Russia, it's okay. on the Black Sea. So between the Middle East, like between Israel and Greece. It's right in the middle, a little north of it. And you were how old when you got here? I was nine years old when we moved. So you have you have vivid memories. I do. I do, absolutely. I don't have an accent because 
you know, at nine years old, you just pick it up as a kid. You, I just watch cartoons and movies. And it was so all on. the Tupac you were listening to also. That's it, man. Yeah, very, that's very it. down. Right, that's it. <laughs> Have you been back? Do you, you, can you go back? Yeah, you what, can, what you are can the go rules? back. I, I went back to Ukraine. And these days, you know, like Pete, there's so much conflict between Ukraine and Russia. Uh-huh. So we used to say, oh, I'm from Russia because nobody knew where Ukraine was. But now I'm very specific, and I always say that I'm from Ukraine or or the former Soviet Union, so people know. Mom and dad around still? Mom and dad are here. My sister is here. She is, lives in um, Longwood. She's got a spa in Longwood. Oh, good and, for you. Uh, yeah, she's got two kids. Is, it, is it a Bikram spa? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, it's good. Panacea. Panacea Day Spa in Longwood, and she's awesome. Good. So she works hard. I, I bet your mom and dad are immensely proud of you. They are. I mean, they really are. I mean, this is like, this is the American dream. We came here so they could, we could start over. And it wasn't easy the first couple of years. My parents had to relearn everything. I mean, everything from how to write a check. Like, that was, yeah. you know, we didn't know how to do that. It's cra- um, that's crazy. Getting a mortgage, all the things like part of the American life. Yeah. And, and the first few weeks we were here, we stayed in someone's home. People donated furniture, clothing. They helped us literally start over. My dad had to work. My, my dad has two master's degrees in engineering. My mom's got one. But my dad had to work in a steel factory from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the first year to then afford to buy a house. It's, it's insane. Good. Yeah. Literally, that is the American dream. Yeah. You guys, good good for you, good for you guys. Uh, so, so I started the preamble oh, yeah. of the books. I, and I, I totally forgot because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so books, three. But, but that's what happened. Authors. So I, the books were so important that that's how I started learning magic, too. So I, at home, I've got about 500 magic books and 500 non-magic books. So authors, I'm going to be quick. Okay, Carl Hyacin, okay. because he's a Florida writer that really got me hooked on reading when I was in school. Chuck Palahniuk, who Ooh. I know you like. Yeah, Fight Club and Choke. So when I remember, there's a book he's got called Survivor. Okay. You know that one? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, I'm just acting. Okay, yeah. so it's the recording of a black box of an airplane. That sound, I, I think I remember the, the cover of that. Like oh, my I'm God. Thinking, he's, he's a crazy person. That book is amazing. It starts on page like 180 and goes backwards. Oh, that's fun. Holy crap, that book is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then on the serious side, I pretty much have Franz Kafka and Borges by my bedside, and I reread their parables again and again. You're smart, aren't you? Uh, I, I just, this is the only way my people, this is what we do. You have to, I mean, look, all the knowledge is in books. That's what people do. Like, No, I, I want to be that guy. I so desperately want to be that guy. The book that I started the podcast and said I'm going to finish this before the end of the year is in that bag right there, and I've yet to finish it. It, so, it, it's I'm just I, I read a page and fall asleep. <sighs> yeah, it, it's terrible. Yeah, I have no time. I I have I have, I, I want to do it. I want to be. I want to read that author that you just said that I can't pronounce. Say it again. Uh, Borges. No, the, the other one. Kafka, Franz Kafka. That's a smart book, right? Like it's, that's. It's just, you know what? Read read the short stories and the parables. Okay. And they're just amazing. They're like a paragraph, half a page long, and they just give you a new perspective. I like anything weird and and strange, and anything where the hero is not a hero but a failure. So like. The whole anti-hero genre of books. You're gonna love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I was, when I was maybe in middle school, high school, I kind of like, you know, I was the outcast, so I yeah. just assumed that I was gonna be a loser in life, and so that's who I connected with. Anybody who was failing or anybody who was not successful, and I was like, all right, no one else is gonna tell me what success is like. I can do be whatever I want. Do you think it. you really were like a failure and an outcast, or did you just feel like that being like an immigrant? Is that the right thing? I said the immigrant, yeah. good word. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it, you're on the money because I did feel that way because at first I was kind of like ostracized on the outside and kids made fun of me. Yeah, yeah, and and magic allowed me to have something that no one else could do. I can't do and, any of the things you do. <laughs> It, it allowed me to fit into groups that wouldn't let me in otherwise. Mm-hmm. So in high school, I was friends with, with every group, with every clique, but I knew that I really didn't belong. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like they were always using me for my magic kind of a thing. 
So when I went to college, it was like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I do magic because I want them. That's the first thing I would tell a girl. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make your underwear disappear. I said it. You didn't. Uh, uh, did you Did you say, you said three authors, right? Um, I did. Okay. I did. I named all those authors. What else can I tell you? If I can then. Okay, well, on the psychology side... Okay, hit me. Um, Thinking Fast and Slow is an amazing book. Someone else has mentioned that book. It's, it's really popular now. A lot of people know about it. They've been talking about it. And then a um, uh, person on Twitter suggested Suggestible You. Okay. Another great book about persuasion and and just how we believe things and how we influence our own selves and, and how that works. Did really you go to cool school book. for uh, the business side of, of what you do? No, I, what I did, I studied philosophy okay. at UCF. Wow. And um, like I said, no, I really, when I started college, I was like, I'm going to do magic tricks for the rest of my life because I know that makes me happy. Okay, good. Good and for you. No one that in college is, is pretty, I'm impressed by that. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you don't have to. You not really not a clue. Well, I do hear all the time people tell me like, you're so lucky to have found what you love and what you do. So I, I certainly acknowledge that and accept that. Um, and... I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. We, we, we frequently <laughs> get lost. Uh, top three films. Quick, go. Top three films. Uh, Being John Malkovich. Good one. Solid. Life of Brian. Okay, Monty solid. Python. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe a tie between um, Magnolia and American Beauty. I don't think I've ever seen Magnolia. Uh, it's like a love it or hate it. It's very strange, very weird. It's uh, got Thomas um, Anderson. Uh, um, 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 who's who? Tom who, Cruise is in there. See, uh, uh, I, I was thinking it had um, the dude from Valley Girl uh, who was married to uh, Lisa Marie Presley for a hot minute. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage. No. Magnolia is Tom Cruise where... He plays a small part like a, like a funny motivational speaker. Okay, because I was thinking of, of the movie where he gets in the accident because Cameron Diaz crashes the car off, off the bridge. Takes place in Chicago. He's a rich guy. Nicholas Cage does this? No, no. The, the, um, okay. um, um, Tom Cruise. Oh. Vanilla, um, Sky. Vanilla Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I get those that's two. That's a trippy one. Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a beautiful film. Yeah. Like, and, and I go back every time you look at that. I like a film that I can look at ten times and see something different every single time yeah, I look yeah. at it, and it's stunningly beautiful. I like anything strange or and smart or incredibly stupid, like Dumb and Dumber. I watched that 40 times when I was like 10 years old and I can still watch that again and again. I think I just came to peace with that. I'm not a fan of Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, I like, um, what's the serious one he did uh, where they, they, erase, they erase his memory. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, of course, of course I do. Of course I do. The name is just, it, it was wiped from my memory. Yeah, yeah, see, I, I, I like that one. Did you see that documentary that was on uh, Netflix about yes, him? Yes, about um, the Andy doing the movie. With because I felt like he, he was just trying to be Andy. Do you think he was really, like, was that unfair? Because it looked like it was unfair to all the other people that were filming with him. Well, every, Andy was unfair to people. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Andy was Andy. No one did that brand of, the joke is on you. Yeah. I am, you're the joke. I, I, I'm enjoying watching mm -hmm. your reaction. You know, I, uh, one of my favorite quotes, uh, John Loudon, uh, Johnny Rotten, the Sex Pistols, uh, the, one of the last things he said on stage was, uh, 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 you're, I'm not here to, to entertain you. You're here to entertain me. And I, I just love that. That, And I, I kind of incorporated that in the podcast. I, I like watching people struggle with the three questions thing. You know, it, the, 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 I, I, for some reason, I find it hilarious. Yeah. And, I, and I also, I mean, I love, I love books. I love music. So I, I enjoy people's opinion. But I, I enjoy watching people go, I don't know. I have to well, have the right answer. That's why I say there are no wrong answers. 
I think part of the reason why maybe an artist kind of enjoys seeing other people struggle is if you have done something hundreds of times yeah, yeah. and you don't have to think about it. And so maybe like as an entertainer, the way Andy Kaufman was, he was tired of it. He knew he could be funny. Yeah. So then it was much more interesting for him to just mess with people. So same thing for you. You've answered these questions. You've asked them 135 times now. So it's fun for you to watch people struggle. Is that horrible? Am I a horrible person? You know, I think I might be. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. Oh, you, so you think I am too? <laughs> I, but but that's the thing is, I mean, when I started the podcast, I like the fact that you're going to ask me three questions that I don't know. Yeah, and and I en I enjoy the awkwardness of that, the watching me struggle. And and when I started this whole thing, I said I wasn't going to hold back. If if this led to a story about me pooping my pants, I was just going to tell that story about me pooping my pants. Uh, the the podcast you said you listened to with uh, Ross Pageant. He was in here. My mother was sitting on the couch with him. Yeah. And he, he said, I wasn't planning on this. Your mom being here. This question was on my list. Who is your favorite parent, your mom or your dad? And I had to sit there and, and fight back the, the, the I'm going to lie and make my mom happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she's sitting right there and she's staying at my house. And I had to deal with that for another couple of days. Um, How could you say that? <laughs> no, she, she, if you listen to that episode... When he asked it, she's off mic, but she goes, it's your father. No. But, but it, that's not the truth. I mean, I love them both equally. Yeah, they, yeah. they both, I, I think I probably take after my dad a little bit more, but I, I, my mom is a good reason, a good part of the reason that I'm a decent person. And part of this podcast is, is I, I, I think I told you, I don't want her listening to it because I don't mm -hmm. want to disappoint her. Well, well, it's we're, good we're talking about Andy to, Kaufman. You were able, to, you're able to speak so freely here. That's a beautiful part. It's, it's nice. It's yeah. nice to speak freely. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to not worry about you know it, it, having people judge you. I, I don't care anymore. I don't have time to care. Except my mom. I, I, apparently, I, I have to. Yeah, I don't want to listen. I just, I just went backtracked on that. <laughs> you just realized it. Anyway, uh, uh, Andy Kaufman is cool somehow. Uh, Jim Carrey, not cool to me. And again, I could be wrong. You I, know, so, so part of why I think I connected to Jim Carrey again when we first came to America, he just started filming Ace Ventura and all the shows and everything, and he had just made it. And I remember reading the story how he left his dad the ten million dollar check that he promised. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, like he was making it. He was starting out, and so I connected to him in that. And that's part of the reason I like Jason Mraz and, and John Mayer, because when they were starting out, I was just starting college yeah. and I saw them their first year, two years, they were on tour and I was like, these guys are going to make it one day. So I love watching people who are just starting out and you see something, you see that sparkle and you're like, that person is going to make it. You and see that sparkle on my eye? You see it? <laughs> I do, I do. It's, that's, that's, dead. That's, it's dead. It's, <laughs> it's dead in there. It's regret and sadness. No, I, I also mean, I, again, I don't like necessarily like Jason Mraz and John Meyer, Mayer, 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 yeah. Mayer. Uh, but I like the fact that they don't seem to compromise. Like John Meyer, I know, just does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool. And people shit on him all the time. But I admire the fact that he does what he does. Yeah. And he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's like, F you, if, if you don't like this, I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm just going to continue doing this and continue playing guitar and yep. doing the things I want to do. Uh, did you answer movies? Uh, was that all of them? I think so. Okay, uh, think you so. were assigned a task to come at me with three questions. Now is your chance to ask me the first and only the first of the three questions, young man. All right, the first, the first question. Yes, sir. Local, local based. Okay. And I like to think about the future. So... How soon after the I-4 construction is finished? It's never finished. <laughs> do you think we're going to have flying cars and, and floating highways? Oh, you're right. It's going to be exactly after it's finished. <laughs> it's done. We don't need that anymore. If you're coming to Orlando, it's a beautiful, magical place. And if you're coming to Disney, 
I say get out of the Disney or any of the, the theme parks. Get out of that section. Come over to Orlando. Come come into Winter Park. Come into Audubon Park. Come have a beer with me at Red Light. Uh, but you're going to have to get on I-4 at some point, and it's going to be terrible. And you're going to think we're a terrible place because I-4 is a terrible place. But it's worth risking your life. <laughs> to, it is. To, it to, is. To, to, or to or go. take the sunrail. You know, I, see, I always forget about that. It, it does, that's the best. Does it, really? Have you been on it? I'm a horrible. Listen, I'm a, Orlando uh, people, if you have not taken the sunrail, sun go get on it. Like that's the only way they're going to keep it going and open it up on weekends. Is if the ridership increases and they need to know that people are using it. It is the cleanest, fastest, smoothest. It's amazing. Are they actually going to make that thing go to Tampa at some point? I, I don't know if it's a different line. It may be not that line, but a different name for it. But yes, if, if we have a wonderful governor who would actually approve the funding that would come in, we won't get into that. But yeah, yeah you know, if politicians were smart and accept money for public transportation because public transportation is a public good. Absolutely. You know, every, every, then the city could grow. Every great city in the world has public transportation. I've had the ability, I've had the, the good fortune of traveling a little bit. Yeah. And every major good city with art and culture has public transport. Quality, good, inexpensive public trans- transportation. And you go into Europe and... Uh, you take a train to one country to the other country, it's cheap, it's yeah. fast, it's clean, it's way better than owning a car. I know. To Wait, answer your question, uh, yeah. yeah, the minute I-4 is fixed perfectly, flying cars. That's it, so yeah. 2025? Sure, I'll be dead, okay. but, but everybody, everybody else will get to appreciate looking at I-4 from above the flying cars. Maybe they'll cars. turn it into like a park or something where you can just walk and roll or something. They have those in New York, I always wanted to go, the, 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 the old rail, uh, yes. I always wanted to Brooklyn. go on one of those. I think they recreated some of that in Disney Springs. They kind of made that as part of their <laughs> as part of their facade. There's they have the what looks like rail lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of it. I'm going to ask you some questions now. Right. Uh, question number number one for you, and this should be interesting, knowing a little about your background and moving, and, and you said your your family. And uh, question number one: uh, When were you really, really ready to move out on your own for the first time? Uh, when I, I probably thought I was when I was like 15, 16, where I was ready to like prove I, to my parents. Everybody know, thinks away. they are. Yeah. Yeah. But even probably even when I moved out um, and lived with my girlfriend for the first couple of years, I still I don't know if I was ready, but probably sometime when I was like 20, 21. Yeah. I was like, were you, you a late mover outer? You know, it was just it's no, it's just my, we had a good relationship, yeah. and um, yeah, from eighteen on, I think I was living with my with my girlfriends, different ones, different. Good for friends. you. <laughs> and um, and so I had I, I did move out of the house when I was like eighteen, nineteen, but my parents and I have always had great relationships, so maybe through the phases that I wanted to run away, but for the most part, we're good. But once you moved out, you were moved back in because I did that a dozen times. I moved in for for about two weeks. Yeah, when I was twenty four. And and that's that was it. I you realize like, no I way I can't, we can't do this. I can't. Yet. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. Yeah, I was used to my freedom. And <laughs> I, can, I can go to. Go I don't want to do this to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I we just talked about when Ross was on uh, and my mother was in the house. I love my house. It's 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 not a mansion. It's three bedrooms, one bathroom. My mom was in one of the bedrooms. I don't know how she does it, but every time I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, my mother will find out. <laughs> knock on the door and ask me if I'm okay. That is so sweet. It's, no, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a 50 year old man. I can go to the bathroom on my own. I don't need these 70. I've done this without you, mother. I've been doing this for years. I know you taught me how, but uh, I'm good at it. And she, every time she, I, I think I've, had her see me either naked or in my underwear. You think I'd put on some gym shorts or something, but I just assume this is going to be the time. This will be the time that mom won't be hanging out outside my door of my bathroom. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, she's still like she. You're like still five years old to her. She wants to take care of her baby. You know, she, she must be just like listening. She must <laughs> know the minute I get up. Do you have a belly ache? Do you want an enema? Question number two. <laughs> Question number two for you. Uh, have you checked your oil your your tires lately? Yeah, uh, like a week ago, they keep on going low. Okay. Thank you, Wawa, for having free air. You just pull over, <laughs> get it done, get out of there. Yeah, I see. No one does that, and you're supposed to do that. Well, you're, I have a light that comes on every three Well, you got weeks. a fancy car. I don't know if it's that fancy. <laughs> you have a light. <laughs> <laughs> it does. When the air pressure is low, they're like, you idiot, get out. All those lights in my car burnt out a long time ago, so I haven't yeah. checked my tires. Every, every now and then, I'll, I'll look and go, I should probably get new tires I, I'm and put it off for so a year. I'm so terrible at taking care of my car. It's like, I mean, it's the last thing I can I think of, you know, when I go to the mechanic. And I, this is an example I give in my presentations where people watch magic and they go, how'd you do that? They don't really want to know how. Yeah. They're just saying it with an exclamation point, like, wow, how'd you do that? So when I go to my mechanic and they're like, oh, we fixed your car. I'm <laughs> how'd like, you wow, do that? how'd you do that? I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just exclaiming it because I'm astonished. Well, when was the last time you had a flat tire and you had to change it? Um, probably maybe six, seven years ago. Wow, good for you. I see. I yeah. feel like when I was a kid, uh, I got flat tires all the time. My yeah. car was constantly broke on the side of the road. Constantly. You know, I, I had this discussion with my family again recently, but when I was when I was 15, 16, I, I tried to convince my parents that, hey, I'm getting into magic and I really want to do this. And look, if I cut my hands while washing the dishes <laughs> or if I hurt myself while mowing the lawn, what that's a, the end of my career. What a crot. Oh, it was. <laughs> but, but it was like, I realized early on I'm not a handyman. Did, did they um, see through that? Kind of, but but it's true. It's yeah. true. Like I, now, when I have like a TV show or something, I have to film for. I'm like George Costanza in that episode where he was a hand model. Uh huh. You're running around mittens on. With mittens on, yeah, yeah. I'm like I can't do anything. I can't pet my cat. I'm gonna get so scratched. There, so there's no chopping onions in your house. Actually, well, ironically, there's nothing I love doing more than chopping and cooking onions. There is something cool about having a really nice knife and, and uh, the, the julienting. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. having a nice knife and chopping uh, chopping something vegetables and sauteing onions there's like no greater smell in the house yeah, yeah. Than, than onions and garlic uh, uh question number three for you uh how do you get rid of a hangover not that you know but it's for me because i get hung over all the time someone might have told you well you yeah i heard you drink <laughs> yeah no get out of here <laughs> you you have to you have to drink uh, vodka okay and you have to be from the soviet union and then you just drink vodka and it's like nothing it's you like guys water. drink it like water over there yeah pretty much yeah pretty much. i uh, I got uh, the episode that's, well, it's going to be out in, in, if someone's listening to this, it'll be out like three or four weeks before this one. Uh, um, uh, Michael Wansey, a local uh, writer, producer, theater guy came in and he is like, Are we, he said, we're going to drink. And I said, yeah, if you want, you don't, it's not a requirement. Uh, he said, well, I like vodka. Should I bring some? I said, I can get you some. And I, I forgot how much I like vodka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was a gin guy. Like, I, I like gin. Okay. I like clear liquors because apparently that's healthy for me. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, it's, it's not beer, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a diet drink for me. So I, I, I decided I like vodka. There's a good local company that distills vodka here in Winter Park. Winter Park Distillery yes, yeah, yeah. Makes, makes, makes a quality uh, a bottle of vodka. And pretty good whiskey too. I almost brought you, but it was the bottle was open. I don't want to drive with this open bottle of <laughs> Ukrainian honey peppered vodka. Sure, wow! But it's my dad's favorite, so we have it. It's like we, you can either get it in Miami or New York in like one of the Russian stores. And there's a, there's peppers floating inside of it. And that sounds it's crazy. Spicy and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when was the last time your mom and dad came and saw you do magic? 
Great question. You know, I don't show them much anymore. Yeah. My dad came to when I did the live show in Vegas for Penn and Teller. Yeah. yeah. My dad flew out there and he watched that show. Oh, um, that's really cool. It was amazing. It was yeah. awesome. It was, it was just great to have him. He's always been so supportive. My mom wanted me to be a doctor first. Then when she realized, you know, magic tricks were just as good, then she, she came along the way. <laughs> um, those are both tall orders. <laughs> to have yeah. a successful career in either one of those is a, a pretty tall order. Yeah. So they must have really believed in you, I imagine. No, they did. You know what? It was for my mom. She honestly, she just wanted, she's very artistic. And yeah. so when she finally saw that magic wasn't just tricks, but it was an artistic way for me to express myself and communicate to an audience, that was actually the turning point. It wasn't that like, oh, you're finally making money, this is good, but it was like, wow, this is a true art for you. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm happy for you. How many different ways can you cut a deck of cards? I, yeah, I mean, a couple dozen, I can shuffle them dozens ways. I mean, That's I, I am obsessed with playing cards. There's it's nothing true. cooler than that. Like it's to me, and I wish I could do that. I can barely, I always try to flip a pencil around on my fingers a little bit, like David Letterman used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't do that. I, I the, the dexterity, ha- Here's what I can tell you. It's it's not about just ability, but it's about precision and having a real mentor show you the right way. Yeah. Anyone learning how to do something on YouTube these days is going to be frustrated because it's like the blind teaching the blind. <laughs> if you want to learn something, you have to slow down and you have to break it into steps and you have to pay attention. But anybody can learn anything that I do as a magician. Yeah. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years. It's a difference. But there's nothing, you know, supernatural or... or there's no magic in the magic? I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> well, so no, I have to, so I, I tell my audience, I say, look, I know that you expect a magician to lie, cheat, and steal, Yeah. but instead I'm here to talk to you about the truth. I'm here to talk about reality and perception. Yeah, yeah. And I say that for me, magic isn't about deception, but about perception. And so for me, I, I literally have spent this last decade trying to change people's perception of magic being kind of a, a negative stereotype to, wow, I can actually learn something and, and get a new perspective from understanding these ideas without revealing any secrets. I never yeah. want to reveal how a trick is done. I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah and I, and I, I, I'd love to, if I was a kid, I probably would believe in magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know there's no Santa Claus. I don't want to know maybe there's no Jesus. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know how you do your tricks. I'd rather just enjoy every one of those things on a level where I am at, at any given time in my life. Perfect. And uh, I, what what you do is literally like what you do and how you do it to me is magic, like and I I like that I I like that standing back and going I can't do that that's incredible and I I like watching the looks on people's faces yeah. you, you do that trick where you take the uh, the label off the lighter and yeah. then you put it back on right uh-huh. it, watching people do that I, I uh, my wife if she was going to leave me who's that that pretty boy magician who who's, who uh, does crazy things and seals himself in ice and David stuff Blaine. when he does the you, you guys do that close up thing yeah nothing cooler than that that that's it's the absolute best type of magic yeah. people and they always say that they're like oh i've seen it on tv i've seen it on stage but there's nothing like seeing close up magic yeah it, it's because because you think you could watch the sleight of hand or the the what's the the prestige is that the word uh, prestigitation oh good oh, cool, cool yeah, yeah. It, it, you think you could see that but you guys are so good at what you do that it's it's yeah you, you piss me off is what you do you make me angry well it's funny because you just describe different reactions so I, I usually break down my audiences when I when I as soon as I approach a group I try to find who's the person who's gonna hate hate me and hate magic mm-hmm. who's the one who's gonna try to figure me out yeah and who's the one that's like I don't want to know this is so much fun yeah and and depending on one second identify what their personality styles are then I adjust the magic 
because I give each person something different. Good for you. That's the well, fun part. I've done these tricks thousands of times, but each time, if I can pay attention to the audience member, that's what's really fascinating. Yeah, that makes it. It's like you're reading a crowd. I used to DJ a bit. Yeah. And and reading a crowd to me was like it, that in itself is an art form, yeah. you know, because you can bring people up and you can bring them down. You can make people happy and sad. You ever, you ever get people scared? somebody yeah. run away you're the yeah, devil yeah, yeah. oh yeah of course of course and what's, when you say dj what's interesting there what you have is you have the ability to not just read individual people but you read the room and where the where the whole room feels yeah, yeah. You know, the collective unconscious that, yeah that you can tap i was in sales for one of the many millions of things i've done i was in sales for a long time and i started reading body language a little bit like yeah. right now you're you're fairly comfortable your legs are crossed but you're you're out you're looking at me we have eye contact yeah now you're aware of what what, <laughs> what you're doing but uh uh I found once I started reading people's body language, I was a much better salesperson, which I mean, was which was interesting. And, and I, I tried to tell my boss, you know, you should read this book or you should read, go to this website. But well, that, that's essentially okay. what I teach people is I teach people how to pay attention to their audience. And people people don't know that they have an audience, but their their children, their spouse, their coworkers, they're all the audience. And once you're aware that you're being perceived by them and that you're always on, quote unquote then you you start to become more aware and just the act of doing so helps you build better relationships because when i'm paying attention to your body language even if i'm right or wrong about my assumptions it just means i'm paying more attention Absol- to you and absolutely I'm thinking about it. And, and that that's that's the thing is once we start paying attention to people we are going to open up and they're going to open up to you more which i love that it's about communicating it's about getting getting away from this I'm holding up my cell phone, phone for the people yeah. not in the room and more into this, th- this talking. You know, it's interesting because so I, I discuss this with magician friends all the time because you'll walk up to a group and you'll introduce yourself and people are like, yeah, great, do some magic. And then one or two of them will just start going back to their phones. Well, everybody like wants they, to video it. Everybody wants to take a picture. Not even video. No, they're just busy whatever they're doing. The, yeah. the picture thing is separate. I handle that separately. But I have this weird thing where I don't know if I want to interrupt because it's like, look, this is a rare opportunity. I've got you know eight people here that are about to be blown away. In 30 seconds, they're going to start screaming and going nuts. They're going to remember this and talk about this forever. But you, you're on your phone. You're missing out. Do I call you out on that? Do I embarrass you? Do I just, like, for your sake, I want to stop you so you pay attention. Yeah, yeah you're going to miss something cool. Yeah. yeah you can't... And I feel bad about interrupting them. No, I don't know. The people, the people do their little world thing. Unless they're being incredibly rude. You know, it's... I, I, it's the society we live in now. We, we live is. in that. It, it's part of the gig, unfortunately. Yeah. And if we can all take a second to step away from our phones, which I'm way more guilty than anybody else. Mm-hmm. When when this, I enjoy this because it's one of the few times that I'm not checking numbers on, on the podcast. I'm not doing yeah. this. I'm not doing that. I have another business that I run on the side that that I, I'm checking numbers there. And it's a constant. I'm constantly on the computer. So this is great. I I've literally force myself to take a step away from from the world that that i've created around me and that's nice and, yeah. I, and I i miss that i i miss the let's ride bikes well so you so same thing with you know you mentioned earlier like how can i get myself to read how can i time to read a lot of people would love to start a podcast but no one schedules time to do it like you have yeah, yeah. so same thing for reading you can schedule reading time where that could be your time away from the world if you really wanted to do that. I know. I guess I, I don't really it. want to. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I just want to bitch about it on my podcast. You know what? Yeah. I, it's, it's about reward. We do anything that we're rewarded by. And I have been rewarded by reading so many books yeah. that that's what I'm drawn to. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, is your, wife, is your wife a reader? Um, she is. She is. Not as much probably into into the same kind of psychology books. Yeah. But on, on business, she does marketing for a living. So she reads a lot and listens to a lot of podcasts now as well. Good. Um, I'll say one thing on the cell phone part. I just did this a couple of weeks ago. 
I changed the settings on my phone so that with three clicks, the screen becomes black and white. Oh, And so instead of the color, yeah. and I cannot tell you, you will literally, the moment you switch from color to black and white, your brain will just get bored of looking at your phone. <laughs> Something will shift for you because your brain isn't lighting up by all the colors and the symbols and the little red dots everywhere. I might have to do that. I, I've been thinking Try about it. taking like Facebook and Instagram off my phone too. Yeah. Just because, you know, I'm, I'm on it. Like I, I, one of the smartest things I've done in the last year or two was uh, got a cradle for my car mm-hmm. where I put my phone. Yeah. So I'm not fiddling with it, you know, and I can see it if I'm using it for, for navigation. If I want to change the podcast, it's it's within arm's length, but it's a little bit of a hassle to get to it. Yeah. So and that that's changed. Like, I feel like I'm safer. I feel like yeah, I'll, I'm, be, I'll be driving, looking at my phone and I'll look over and there's a person next to me texting on their phone and I'll be like, what an idiot. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I am too. Shit. Um, no, we have this disease. We all have this. Yeah. And, It'll it'll change probably in in twenty thirty years we'll look back on this and hopefully we'll laugh and go well weren't we all crazy for doing that well by that point we'll have the chip and it all be in behind our yeah. eye I'll be dead a long time you watch Black Mirror God, that, that's scary yeah <laughs> that's, that's, Damn, that's, that's scary that's, it's, it's just frightening as hell you know it's uh yeah. and it's so well done it's so slick so and, believable that this is right and, around the corner and, for and, us. and beautiful uh hey hey uh, kids you should listen to this. La Femme du Fromage does cheese. That's why people call it the Orlando Cheese Shop. But they also do lunch. They also do dinner. Or they could just make you a teeny little snack to hit you up when you're just feeling like you want something to nibble on. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram so you can know what's going on in the store. Or just pass by seven days a week and grab yourself something amazing. Everything is made with the best quality ingredients and everything is made with love grab something take it out to the courtyard and watch the world go by and then just go back on in the shop and grab something to go you're gonna be happy you did i guarantee it they are located in the east end market at 3201 kareen drive check them out today and tell them you heard about them on scotch and good conversation Okay, you, uh, your second question for me, please, sir. All right. My, actually, you know what? My, my second question, since, since we mentioned Black Mirror, if you had the ability to upload your mind uh-huh. and have it live on without your body today, would you do so? Live on forever? I mean, I guess you could stop it. You could turn the power off if you wanted to. I don't think I would. I mean, I, that, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, I don't, because unless I could be... I mean, I, I, it's, it always sounds like I'm being overly romantic. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be around without my wife that long. I would just miss her. Like, yeah. it, it, just, it just make me sad. I, I've always been intrigued by not necessarily the, the spooky ass part of vampires, but the, the sadness of yeah. vampires. The fact that they, they outlive everybody. And if they fall in love, that eventually that person's going to die. And, and that, that just, it's just so heartbreakingly like, sad to me. Okay, so let me add this. What if both of your minds could be uploaded, but you didn't have bodies in which you could interact? But you could probably create the perception of, uh, of bodies for so each other. Can't do it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I would have to check and see if at some point, and I think I might drive her crazy. <laughs> That's a real possibility. Yeah. I, I think after a while, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, we can't. We don't have bodies. Oh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Uh, I, I don't. I'd like to. I mean, the obvious answer is yes, because everybody wants to live for. I don't want to die. But I also think that 
not necessarily in the religious there's a heaven but uh, i don't think this is it i think this is just a, a speck in the universe of time of uh, and the beginning and the end of me uh, this this mm-hmm. is just a, literally a second in a in a, a a universe of what what is Peter mm-hmm. so I, I I look forward to the thing in the future you know and uh, I I don't know what it is and you I think I, that like what makes life precious is the fact that we die and knowing that is what it's, makes it's, these moments it's so great. part of the gig it's it's yeah. it's the great common denominator it, it, it's the thing that that's you can't get away from it there, there, there's no get I mean in, in, in your question you can right there but I think that also ruins what we're supposed to do okay how far would you put off death if you were able like you know Re, renew your DNA and renew everything about yourself and, How, and I, continue living. I mean, I, I, when I had a, a scooter, I'd wear a helmet. <laughs> so I, I guess that that's I'm trying to put off death. You yeah. know, I, in the '80s, I wore condoms. You know, <laughs> so I, I don't get some some scary ass disease. Uh, you know, I, I, wear, I wear my safety belt. Uh, but like, okay, let's say you're 95 now and you feel like you're at the stick, end. Stick a fork in me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, what if they're like, we can totally give you all new body parts. And knew everything, and you'll live up to for another hundred years, guaranteed. Um, maybe if I'm comfortable, but I, again, I, I think I'd be sad seeing my friends and family go. No, they, that, get, they get the same offer. Oh, okay. If, 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 if <laughs> this we're is the future, the, man. If we're, Welcome. If we're on the same playing field, sure. Why the hell not? Yeah. yeah uh, um, maybe that. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Maybe that's the difference: is the fact that we need relationships. That's the real value of life. Yeah. I, and if that stays, then it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not not crazy. I, I look forward to the future. But I, I, the older I get, the more I enjoy the now. Yeah. You know, I plan for my future. I, I, I take notes. <laughs> I looked you up. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, I, I, I try to live right now yeah. and plan the best I can for the future. And just and then I and when like tomorrow happens, if something goes wrong, I'll hopefully learn from that mistake. But I'm not going to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. it. And it took a long time to, to get to that point. And I'm not saying I'm wiser or living in life any better than anybody. I just, I, I, I'm walking a higher path than I used to walk. And, and that took a long, I'm, I'm very comfortable. Yeah. I, I am so at ease. And I think part of it is this, part of it is uh, my wife and I don't live out of our means. You know, we, we, we afford ourselves because we have no children. Vasectomy. Uh, we have no children, so we we have a little disposable cash every now and then. So we, we you know we we'll get a bottle of wine. We'll we'll go we'll go on a trip. Like we're going on a trip in August. I can't wait to go have an adventure with my wife. Can't wait. Yeah. I, it, it's like my favorite thing to do. And I, I I like I said, we researched you. The research monkeys. They looked you up and then they hand me the the, the dossier uh-huh. of you. And I look through and it's like okay, he looks all right. He's all right. Um, so you guys, I, you travel, you, you, you get to go and look at things and have adventures and, and you know, smell things and eat things and taste things yeah, and, yeah. and be happy and be scared and, and all the emotions, all, all the things that, that life lets you have if you just get off the couch and turn the TV off or, or just go outside, take a walk, you know, feel the sunshine in your, feel the breeze. And then, the, and then to play devil's advocate that our, our cell phones, when you do travel around the world, allow you now to feel safer more efficiently more connected yeah, yeah. to see things that you would never expect to see so there's a plus and a minus there because without the phones you would have a completely different experience and you could say like this was the real experience but at the same time we've traveled around the world and thanks to our online connections that we made with people made those trips and discoveries so much better but it's a, it's a tool and you you got to use it as a yes. tool and not let it use you yeah. as as a prop to, to sell things to you 
you know, to control you. I, I totally agree. But I, when, when you travel, I say all the time, one of my favorite things to do when traveling is get lost. Mm-hmm. I, I love getting lost in a city that I don't know, a yeah. city where I don't speak the language, a city where I don't know where I am. I might be a little scared, you know, but eventually I'm going to find my way back to my hotel and eventually I'll find my way home. It's funny, when you, you remind me when I was in Japan, I walked outside and that was the first time where I was in a city where I didn't see a single sign in English and I took a photo of my street and my hotel Yeah, and then I just went ambling about. It's like you're parking at Disney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, bring me back here to the Shamu. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and, uh, yeah, and it was amazing that feeling of there's not a single word in English here uh, and, and and after four days though you start to get very lonely. Yeah. There's a certain point where if you're there for a long time you you miss and that's why when, when you travel around America you see all the same brands in every city the same stores the same 7-Elevens and whatever's it even though you may hate that like oh it's all the same it's something you, comforting about yes. being able to get a big bite at a 7-Eleven in yeah. California that's that's yeah. when I first realized what brand loyalty was about yeah yeah is when I was like oh this is familiar yes this feels good <laughs> yeah 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 oh, it feels like home yeah I, I um something I like doing and, and it doesn't happen often if I can get to a place where there's no advertising in front of me. Vermont, right? That's one of the few places that like they don't have billboards. We were we were in Col- uh, Colorado last year and we went to, to a that's a national park type thing. It's it's uh, called the Painted Mines. Okay. And uh, the the local Native Americans who live there went because the the it's the wind has dug these canyons into the side of the, the hill yeah. and there's all these colors of sedimentary yes, rock. Yes, I've seen this. Amazing. Like pinks and purples and yellows and they would use these colors to make pottery. Unbelievable. And we went out there and uh, um, some of the people that were with us were under things that you can buy in, in Colorado legally and I actually wasn't and uh, I it was interesting to watch them and watch, watch them look at that and then I, I was watching around and you were one seeing of, nature through their high eyes one of the things that i noticed is there was no advertisements around me mm-hmm. it, there was no billboards there was no i mean we're sitting around right now and there's advertisements ever it's all concert art but even like on the side of the keyboard it probably says something the side of this mixing board says says yamaha you know the the uh the the uh, mandolin has a name for the mandolin on it it's it's everything's got an advertisement on it it's so in your face and it, it i think about you know it wasn't like that 200 years ago no, but, but you know what? As a consumer, you may hate it, but if you were a, a creator of a brand, a creator of a company, yeah. then the moment you create something, then you want to be a part of that too. You want your company. I, I absolutely. A hundred bucks to the first person who gives a Scotch a good conversation tattoo. Uh, <laughs> That's it, a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, question number four for you. I answered your question, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather have a child who was, or a hypothetical child, who was overly sexual or overly violent? You have to choose one. I think that's pretty easy. I mean, I I would like for my future children to bring happiness and joy into the world. Uh-huh. And if that means bringing pleasure, okay. then that's a much better choice than bringing violence. That's the right answer. I, I don't know why in, in Europe, sex is normal and everywhere. Whereas, and this is a, an old argument, but like in America, it's all violence on television and no sex. Yep. 
and in Europe it's all sex and no violence. It's a clear dichotomy, and one choice is much better than the other. Absolutely, sex rules. (laughs) How did we get here? Seriously, my mom and dad were doing it. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that's an easy. That's an easy question. Yeah, I I thought that was interesting. I, I, uh, I, my research monkeys found that, and I, I. I, I can't even imagine having children. You you have no children, correct? Not yet. Okay, so you want children? Yeah, we've been talking about them like they already graduated college. Yeah, yeah. That is that frightening to you? No. I think no. I, I think you seem like I mean, you're going to keep your kid books and music and art and teach him how to to shuffle a deck of cards and. In my imagination, yeah. You know, with children, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to get. And I like that's why we're really consciously enjoying our. Um, quote unquote freedom yeah, now. Yeah. like my wife and I were like we got married two years ago so it's like hey you know what if you leave your job let's spend a year traveling around the world non-stop especially because so you, you can right now like yeah. you, you have a job where you can fly off to Germany or yeah. you said you were in Japan I'm assuming it was for work yeah no yeah. I, did, I did that for 10 years and yeah. then it got tiring because I was on my own yeah. I, I was tired because I didn't have anybody to share it with oh, so a, traveling with somebody you love is the best com- yeah completely different yeah so about uh, about eight years ago, 2010, I stopped traveling uh-huh. to stay home and build a business. I, I wanted to do a test run. Like, what if I could retire in Florida? What would it look like? Could I do it with magic? And so I started a business and started doing a dinner show in Orlando and all these things as a test run to prove myself that, yeah, you can totally do this. And now we're heading back and hitting the road a lot more. Good. You, you don't stop thinking, do you? No, that literally that's, I mean, I'm, I'm learning to practice meditating right now. Good so for I can you. Stop thinking. Yeah. But the only thing that stops me thinking is cooking when I have like four dishes. Chopping going. onions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the only time. But otherwise my brain is nonstop. It's like, uh, yeah. I, it's, it's funny when I started this, I felt like I was at some weird low. Like I, I was on autopilot with, with my vintage clothing company mm-hmm. and I, I, now I find myself thinking more clearly and speaking more I, I, I always one of the things I say on this podcast I have a problem with words like I don't talk good uh, but I, I find myself thinking more clearly and, and speaking more clearly and, and having better thoughts and it's because because I, I've slowed down and I, I do my own form of meditation also and I think that's part of it. And I think it's also just, we were talking about it before, stepping away from technology and stepping back into what we're supposed to do, communicating with each yeah. other, which and as, as through your magic and through the, the, the lectures you do and the, the speaking you do, I think you're, you're teaching that also, which, which is wonderful. Good for you. Uh, question number five for you. And it goes back to something you just hit on saying you might like retire here. If you could live in another country, where would you live? Sub question: If you could live in another state, where would you live? Man, those are t- those are tough questions. I know, I mean, right? I could, I could, you know, certainly. And and you know, I know usually most people will will have so many different answers. But I, having moved here, from so when I grew up, I was standing in line for bread and a gallon of milk, and you had those rations. So you get one gallon of milk per you know per person. I don't even like milk. That sounds <laughs> terrible. And um, so. So when we came here, it's like Florida is the promised land, and I plan to stay here and you know retire in Orlando or New Smyrna Beach. And you're the poster boy for this podcast. Uh, yeah, I love in New Orlando. Smyrna, you said. Yeah, I like New Smyrna. I was the magician at the Garlic Restaurant for years. I know the Garlic. Isn't that place amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll be there. I'm going to be uh, be there this weekend. Uh, matter of fact, we've got a. Good, good friends of ours have a, a, well, their family has a beach house. Okay. So they invite us out and uh, we're up the street from the strip and we nice. hang out and have a fire at night and yeah. just, just talk. And the ocean, the ocean to me is very soothing. 
you know, so as, as a teenager, when I would drive down there, and I remember first time skipping Winter Park High School, skipping yeah, school to go to Cocoa Beach. Yeah, you bad boy, look at you. I was trying. Yeah, you went to Winter Park High School, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I remember just being at the beach, and I just remember thinking like, well, you're going to be gone, but this will still be here. And that gave me such a calm. I'm right there with you. It's, yeah. it's bigger than any problem you have in your life, the ocean. And, it's, it's huge. And, and chemically, and, and by, there's something about it, the sound of the waves, and everything about it, and seeing water that has an impact on us. So... That's all I want to do. And in my head, like when I mentioned earlier, I thought I was going to be a failure. To me, it was like, well, I'm never going to be a, a commercial success. I'm never going to be on TV. But you know what? I'm going to be an old man doing car tricks, making people happy on the beach somewhere. And that's fine by me. <laughs> and the moment I accepted that, the moment that I completely said this is going to be my future was when my business took off. Good for you. That's when things started flying high and, and, and working and, and making money and people hiring me again and again when I no longer made that the most important thing. So, uh, state, country, go. So, back to your question. State, uh, okay, country, I would probably do Australia for the same reason, beaches. Really, have you been there? Yeah. Is it America South? Um, yeah, it's, With a really cool desert? Yeah, it's with, with very few big cities. Yeah. You know, a huge area, but very small, very popular cities. So Sydney would be beautiful and would be amazing to live in. And I'd feel like I could, it is like, you're right. It's mini American away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as far as state, I wanted to move to New York City. And that's why I moved to downtown Orlando because I just needed energy and right now that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, I wanted, I wanted to move to New York City. And then I was like, no, what I really need is I just need to be able to walk everywhere. I need to have restaurants. I need to have life. So I live on the corner of Orange and Church Street now downtown. Okay, yeah, yeah, they get and, stuff and down there. Gives me that same kind of vibe. But yeah, I was down there last night. Could yeah, have knocked on your door. You like, should get up to your high rise anytime. Yeah, get past the concierge and the guards and the moat and the fingerprint scanner. We are serious. <laughs> I feel secure. But um, so maybe another state would be New York. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go yeah. with that. I'll I, be I, New York. City. I haven't been to New York in a while. I think I need to go back. I uh, I'm a San Francisco guy. Mm. I, I shy of the fact that it's going to fall off into the ocean at some point due to an er due to an earthquake. And I, Miami will will be sunk. Okay, that, that's going to happen soon. So much. I I, uh, um, I like San Francisco because it feels like Europe to me. How about Seattle? I've never been. You'll, you're going to Portland, right? Yeah, we're going to Portland. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna so we're going for about ten days. So I I, I think we're probably gonna fly into Seattle first. Or? I think we might drive. It's not a terrible oh, wow. drive, is it? Uh, from Seattle to Portland. Yeah. No, no, maybe three four hours. Yeah, I think I think that's the plan. Is to rent. Well, we're gonna rent a car and Airbnb it, and maybe spend a night in, in Seattle or two. Yeah. We got. We My got, mom loves that. That would be her number one city. She would move there in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah um, San Francisco. If I was mo like super duper rich, uh, I was in Boston for a hot minute. I liked Boston a lot. Uh, but I, I think I'm gonna like Portland, and I think I might like Seattle. I, I, um, I think Portland's more of my gig. No, you'll you'll dig the vibe. People are so laid back. And, yeah. I mean, you know, as long as you have a tattoo, they'll let you in. Yeah, I've, I've got one or two. <laughs> a little wimpy, girly man tattoos. Uh, here's an email. If you've got something on your mind, and uh, if it's the most ridiculous, stupid thing in the world, email us. If you got a problem, or just want to tell us we suck or we rule or something, email us over at scotchandgoodconversation at gmail .com. Uh, this one, the, the subheading was, I have five cats. Is it ridiculous to add a dog to my family? <laughs> and then it says, uh, love the podcast. Been listening for a year or so. I follow you on Instagram and Facebook. I'm a good conversationalist. That's our Facebook group. I've been a cat guy, but you and Rosie, the official dog of Scotch and Good Conversation, uh, have really started turning me into a dog guy. I've been thinking about getting a dog. I've been hanging out with our friends' dogs and would like some puppy love of my own. That's a weird thing to write. I will, of course, do my research. I have cats 
I, oh, my cats have been around dogs, so there's no issue. I only go to school two days a week. Okay. And I've been, uh, I, I, I will be home to walk the dogs. I have a huge house in the backyard and I'm a very responsible pet owner. Okay, buddy. Keep trying to sell I mean, me yeah, on I was going to say, this person is like <laughs> It's like a resume. Like, <laughs> okay. They're uh, not asking. My, 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 my wife thinks I'm crazy, uh, she's right. but she's okay with it. What do you think? Uh, and then it says, give Rosie a pat in the head and have a finger or two of scotch for me. Keep up the good work. I love you guys. Thank you for writing. I love you. That's my thing. Uh, and it's signed Gary. So, uh, in a nutshell, Gary, Gary's got a lot of cats. He wants a dog. Good idea? Bad idea? I'm, well, I mean, let's go back to the cats for a second. I'm a cat person. Yeah, there, I love uh, cats, but five cats? That's I, a lot. Th- 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 you were paying attention. I wasn't. I've read through this. So, it says five. Yeah, yeah, five cats. That's a lot of cats. So, I guess, so my wife, when, when, she, when we, she moved in with my, into my place... Living together, she's like, okay, you have a cat. She wants the dog badly. So I get the yeah. the differences between the two because you want the dog to come and love you. Yeah. And cats don't do that. No, they're, they're, they're very few cool cats. Like they, They're cool in the sense that they don't give a shit. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the way you get them to love you is you act like you don't give a shit and then the cat comes to you. Yeah. The yeah. moment you ignore the cat, they're like all over you. I've had girlfriends like that. It's identical, right? That's <laughs> <Yeah>. the theory. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I mean, of course he can get a dog. It sounds like he's ready. He needs to. The yeah. question is... How big of a dog? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's, uh, yeah. And, uh, um, how I, jealous are the cats gonna be? Are they gonna, like, get together and kill it, them at night? Because it, of it? it says, uh, my cats have been around dogs, so that's not, I don't know. <laughs> it might be an issue, though. They're, they might be territorial. Uh, Gary, is that his name? Gary, Gary. Gary? Uh, yeah, uh, you say yes? I say yes. I think he needs um, not a small dog, because a small dog, they'll hate each other. Rent a dog for a minute. That's a good idea. Yeah, bring, yeah, bring your friend's dog over. That's a good idea. Out. See if your friends have any any uh, like uh, dogs that are around cats, and if they go out of town or something, I'm sure they're looking for people. Cats, you could leave on your own. You leave some kitty litter on the floor, they're good. <laughs> a- uh, dogs, they, they need constant attention. <laughs> um, so get somebody... Say, hey, I'll watch your dog if you're cool with your dog being around my cats. Have them around. I, this might be a horrible idea. Um, your friend comes back. What do you do with my dog? <laughs> Why is my dog covered in scratches and afraid? Uh, I, 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 um, I'm a dog guy, so I don't, I'm not wild about cats, but I grew up allergic to cats, so it's part of me like just hates them for making me not be able yeah, to breathe. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say get rid of the cats. <laughs> yeah, you, you uh... <laughs> and get two dogs. Um, I, I say the more animals, the better, dude. Gary, you, you knock yourself out, baby. Especially if you said you're a responsible pet owner. Yeah. And it says something about, yeah, I'll do my research. Uh, I will, of course, do my research. So good for you. Yeah, he uh, sounds I, ready. Yeah. Adopt it. Adopt it. Don't buy. And I hate to be that that elitist dickhead. Uh, if you buy from a breeder, you're a terrible person guy. But adopt a dog. Yeah. You know, and, and adopt an older dog. It, and it, it sucks. I've had older dogs. Um, it sucks knowing that they have a limited shelf life, but everything has a limited shelf life. Uh, get an older dog. It's going to be more chill. Get an older dog who's been around cats. Boom. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. And a, and a bigger, yeah. bigger older dog is going to be chill. It's going to be relaxed. And yeah. It's not going to mind all that. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> we solved it. So very rarely do I actually have good answers for these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary, go to the Humane Society and ask some questions and say, do you have any older dogs, bigger older dogs, chilled bigger older dogs who have been around cats? And even if they don't have one, put your name in. Say, say I want an older dog, you know, and I want to take care of an older dog. And it sucks when they have to go. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Kill ya. Uh but you can get, you can always get another. There's endless amounts of dogs who need good helps. So in a nutshell, 
You say yes, I say yes. Yes. Gary, get yourself a dog. You rule, buddy. Uh, here's commercial number three. Orlando Meats. We're talking butcher. We're talking restaurant. We're talking delivery. We are talking local beers, local wines. We're talking breakfast. We're talking lunch. We're talking great professional courteous staff we're talking centrally located and we are talking locally owned here's what you do follow them on facebook follow them on instagram follow them on twitter take a look at their reviews ask your neighbor they're gonna know orlando meats is your one-stop source for local butcher and delicious food they are located at 728 Virginia Drive in Orlando, right up next to the Matador. Go in there, tell them you heard about them on Scotch and Good Conversation, and you will be happy. Your third question for me, please, sir. Um, my third question for you. Yeah, yeah. How much would somebody have to pay you in order for you to stop podcasting? Oh, man. Um, uh, about $30. <laughs> no, uh... I, I, uh, I really love what I do now. Uh, it's, yeah, so what, what's, is there a price? Is there a price that you'd be like, I mean, Yeah, of course there's a price. Like and, yeah. yeah, because I could do this without turning mics on. You know, that's... Great point. You know, that, that that's it, this is just an added bonus. And if someone was paying me to not podcast, <laughs> I feel like someone should. Uh, uh, if someone's paying me to not podcast and I could still do what I do, it'd be perfect. I could actually see you That'd yeah. be because I have this giant mic in my face. Yeah. Uh, uh, I... I <sighs> I don't know, uh, hundred thousand. Yeah, is that is that too much? I feel like it's that too might little. be too, <laughs> yeah, it's it, too little. Yeah, but I mean, a hundred thousand, I I could live comfortably, or relocate and set myself up, you know, for a little while. My wife would still have to. My wife would still have to work. <laughs> I'd, I'd make her work. No, I, uh, for a hundred thousand, I could continue doing my my vintage clothing business on a bigger scale mm -hmm. and do it well. And I really enjoy that. I just it, it was getting harder. Yeah, I'd be able to travel doing it. You know, it might not be forever, but I could, I could, I could take a trip once a year out west and and travel my whole way back and get new vintage stock. So that that, that would be easy, like a hundred thousand maybe. You have a hundred thousand? You want to buy my podcast? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. I, uh, uh, we we've often had the you know if a radio station came and said you know we'll pay you but you have to go by our radio rules. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would. I mean, I mean, I I don't. Unless it was a lot of money, you know. What are the rules that? You like, think I mean, I, I couldn't curse. I, I would, I wouldn't. I'd have to pick up commercials for people that I don't necessarily believe in. Mm -hmm. Like all my products, every every sponsor I have is a sponsor that I would gladly. Cheese and beer, man. You can't go wrong. Cheese, beer, meat. meat. Yeah, you know, uh, craft cocktails. Uh, they're all they're all people that I believe yeah. in and bring something to the community anyway. So if yeah, I people in your neighborhood, no, 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 exactly. You you list local places. It's great. If if I had to go on the radio, and especially if it was alongside some conservative dickhead show or something like that i don't i, I wouldn't want to 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 have to follow you know and again you know if you're a conservative as long as you're not my face about it knock yourself out you'd be the best you you can be 
uh, but I don't I don't want to be aligned with people that that I don't necessarily agree with their politics or their religion or something like that. The thing about what I love about Scotch and Good Conversation, it's mine. Yeah, there's nobody else who works here. All my mistakes are my mistakes. I own them. If if I'm if it's truly horrible, if I've offended you in such a way, ask me. I'll probably say I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I'll try not to do it again. Can't guarantee it. Yeah, my victories are my own. No, I think that's what drives every entrepreneur is that they want to do their own thing and yeah. they want to take either the blame or the victory. This is the most artistic punk rock thing I've ever done in my life nice. because it's it's total DIY. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's I from from the, the success of my research monkeys that from from that to the point where I do this, I edit it, I put it out there, I, I upload it, I I talk to my sponsors, I go out and get new sponsors when I can. It's all me, and, yeah. and I, I love that. I love business, and you do too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love business, I love working for myself, I love trying to make a better product every day. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy the whole process, and I, I love that people are listening. People in other countries who have no idea who you are, or have no idea who, who uh, uh, Brent from Red Light is, or who you know, who, who Dan from Tom and Dan, or anybody who I've I've had in the the podcast, people have no idea who they are, but they're they're listening in Mexico, they're listening in New Zealand, and I know they're they're repeatedly mis- yeah, listening yeah. because apparently you know the stories that I'm telling and my guests are telling are interesting enough to p- people repeat listen. That's cool to me. It, it was weird that I realized I was a character in my own story. Because you never think about yourself like that. You never think, you know, I, I'm interesting. Yeah. Even my ramblings, my stupid, dumb stories that I, <laughs> that no, I tell. There is something interesting to that, though, because we are, we're just, we're humans and we like to see other people to, to be being vulnerable. Yeah. And, and what's happening in your life and seeing somebody take on their own thing. I mean, I think that's the real drive is wanting to do your own thing. And as far as business goes, there's, there's an art to the business. There's a certain art to building what you do and, and building your, your your listening base and your advertisers. And I don't know about you, but it's at one point I separated my art from my business where like my success financially wasn't what was determining how great I was as an artist. Those were two different things. Yeah, yeah. And when I separated those two was when each one became better. Yeah. It, it's uh, once, once you realize you're going to make your thing and you don't want to compromise, I think that's mm-hmm. when all, all the, the pieces starting to fall into place. Yeah. And even if they don't, the worst case scenario, it all just goes to hell in a handbasket. At least you can say you did it on your own terms with your with integrity, you know, your head, your head held high. Have you met people who've gone through that? And they're like, well, I was a miserable failure, but at <laughs> least I stuck to my guns. I've never met anyone who... Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that. I, I I've know. never made a million bucks. I mean, I've I've had two businesses besides the besides Scotch and Good Conversation, mm-hmm. and I've never been rich. I've always been happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm married well. Like yeah. I, I, I yeah. my my we we do okay because my wife is smart and she hustles and, and you know, we're frugal. Uh, so I, I have the ability to do this. I mean, we're making a little bit of money. I'm not going to get rich. I pay yeah. my I, I pay my bills, and there might be. Uh, uh, a couple bucks, literally a couple bucks left after that. I might be able to get a free six, a, a six pack of decent beer. You know, if if someone wants to, to pay me more to do this, I will gladly do it. Would I sell my podcast? Probably not for less than a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> and that was the answer. <laughs> uh, question number seven for you're almost done. Uh, what do you find too many people are blind about no matter how intelligent or educated they are? So many things. Oh my God. I mean, that's, that's like at the heart of what I talk about is I, I want people to realize how blind we are 
to the way we are perceived, to the way we connect, we communicate. <clears throat> People don't know. Oh, there's so many things. I mean, look, I, I study the way the brain works and the assumptions we make. And on Wikipedia, there's like 182 different mistakes that we make, assumptions and leaps that we make. And they're usually because there's too much information or there's not enough information or there's not enough time. Seems like there'd be more. Seems more what? Mistakes. <laughs> you, well, yeah. you think, well, those are the ones that are categorized yeah, yeah. and like that are, that are well known. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Group thing, yeah. things like that. So there's, you know, I, I just, I think I wish for, for people to pay attention more to each other and to realize that the labels that we've created, like religion, politics, and country, and race, and everything else, are just our own creations. Yeah. <clears throat> and if we can realize that, then that makes the biggest difference. Yeah, I think so. And and it, I, I totally agree. You know, and there's good in everybody. There, there. You can sit across from someone you don't agree with, and you you don't yeah. necessarily you know think you'd get along with. But you'll be able to, if you just talk to them for a hot minute, you'll find some sort of some common bond between you and them, and some something where you'll get along. And even if you don't, at least you tried. You know, at least yeah. you know you you walk away and you you'll go yeah okay. I, at least I you know I I made an effort to be a decent person. Don't be a dickhead. Here's where I feel really lucky is that when I'm doing magic for people. I get to bring joy and laughter into their life. Yeah, yeah. And we do not talk. There's no, there's nothing, you know, they're just focused on being amazed and having fun. Yeah. And no matter what age, race, sex, religion, nothing matters. And, and magic is a universal language. And the moment that they're astonished and their eyes open up because their brain can't make sense of what they just witnessed, at that moment, we are all identical. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your background is, we're all silly little human beings and we make assumptions and mistakes all the time, and I wish people didn't take themselves so seriously, and we have this reality illusion where we think that the way we see the world is the way everyone else sees the world, and if we could know that that's not true, Absolutely. then we'd be so much better at connecting and communicating with each other if we were just to say, this is just my perception. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm hallucinating. This is what I believe. We'd be so much better instead of trying to say, no, this is the way things are. This is the way they ought to be. I was listening to a, another local bigger podcast <laughs> um, and uh, they they had some wine guys on uh -huh. and they were talking about like wine and, and, and they were saying, you know, it's all relative to what you are feeling in your mouth and your nose and seeing in your eyes at that second in time, you know, and once we realize that my story isn't the same as your story, it, it, then we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, that, that that's it's as simple as that. You know, uh, you answered that well. I well, think. Well, this is it's what magic has taught me because when I'm doing a magic trick, in order for me to be successful, I have to see everything from my audience's point of view. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in front of ten people or twenty people, I have to say, okay, the person sitting over there in the corner in the far left, what are they seeing? Yeah. And in magic, that starts off physically because you have to pay attention to where their eyes are looking. Yeah. But then eventually, you realize that mentally, they're bringing something to the table. And the moment that I can guess what your assumptions are that you're making about me, and the moment I can call those out and I can acknowledge what those assumptions are, it brings us into the present moment and you suddenly go, holy crap, you're paying attention to me. That's nice. How did you know what I'm thinking? That's yeah. exactly what I was you know, assuming about you. I never thought about it. You really have to be the ultimate reader of body language and, and eyes and, and yeah. you know. That, that's... Not only is that the most important thing, but it's the most fascinating thing to yeah. me. Yeah. This is the people. It's not so I talk about like trick me and them. When you start, it's all about the trick. 
when you're good at your trick, like let's say it's podcasting. Once you have the equipment, you realize it's not about the equipment, but it's about you. Yeah. And then you do a hundred episodes and then you realize, wait a minute, it's not about me. It's about the guest. It's about the listeners. I've always said that. It, I, I've, I might not be good at this, but I got great guest. Yeah. Well, yeah. but and you, and you realize that it's about them and it's about your listeners and their experience of it. Now you can be like Andy Kaufman and you can suddenly be like, well, I don't give a shit about anybody except me and I'm nice doing this for my back. entertainment. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that art is essentially so selfish that it's not the greatest thing in the world because every artist is, is it's all about me whereas what I think it should be and, and business forces me to be that business forces me to be who's my audience who's my customer my consumer my patient client and I think that's really important yeah but does having it as a business take away from the art in you I thought I thought it would yeah. and I was really worried about it when I started there's a great book recently called Real Artists Don't Starve mm-hmm. that I recommend to anybody who's thinking about making a living with their art. And and it validated so many things that I thought. But when I started, I was worried. I was like, well, as soon as I start a business in magic, I'm going to hate it. And so what I, I remember one morning waking up and I didn't want to answer emails. And I said, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go practice linking rings, right? The little stupid Chinese thousand-year-old trick. Yeah. But I realized that if I just spend two hours practicing this magic trick, that's going to bring just as much value to to my overall business yeah. as it was if I was doing the business side of it, you know, calling people and emailing them. And that made me happy that I could still work on my art and that meant long-term success. But what I did was I separated the two. So very consciously, like I will do a new show or I'll, I'll say yes to something that makes me nervous to force me to work on the art so I can still feel like that that hungry you know, uh, like the artist that isn't sure what's going to happen. And I can separate that from the business mind, which is, hey, great, you're set for the next year. You've got clients booked through 2019. And I no longer have this, like I literally went into business so that I could afford to be an artist. Good for you. So that I could do art art for art's sake and not worry about the money. That's the best. But I didn't want to starve. My My family came to America so we could... Be successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that literally has been my last 10 years is trying to balance those two of having the business so that I could then be a, be a real artist and not care about the money. How do you know when you reach the point where you can be a real artist and not care about the money? Well, I, feel there, like I'm, you, I feel like I'm, I, I get parts of it now. Good. Yeah, I feel like I'm certainly... That must be gratifying. It is. It feels really good. Like I'm working on a new concept for a show right now. I'm looking for a new venue. And I never feel more more creative and alive than when I'm working on a magic idea. I, I imagine that's that's very satisfying. And then testing out for the first time if it goes well. That's so nerve wracking. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's stand up so comedy mistakes. with a whole lot more mistakes involved. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I'm even afraid of stand up comedy because there you have no props to protect yourself with. You know, oh, that in magic, the hell if something, out of me. <laughs> in magic, if something goes wrong, or if I feel like I'm not funny, I'm dying. It's like, oh, let me grab my deck of cards. And in 30 seconds, I'm back on top. Yeah. With with comedy, that's why I think comedians look down on magicians. They're like, well, you got your props. Oh, you magic boy. All right, we talked about it, and this is on the list. I just thought of it. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the driveway. Doug Henning, was he any good or was he just crazy? You know, I, I never, I never I obviously got to meet him or see him, but I've only heard about him. But what he did was amazing for magic is he, he made it popular again, and he was the first one to get rid of the tuxedo. Yeah, he, he had spandex and rainbows, <laughs> and it was, it was just a product of the 70s. It was so he insane. Was. Yeah. But, but his success led to then David Copperfield's success. Have you met David Co- I think I saw a picture with you and David Copperfield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We see him when we're in Vegas. We usually go see the show. He's a handsome fellow, isn't he? Still is. Amazing. Yeah. He's, what's he, like 60? 
Oh, probably somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's devastated. Didn't he make, like, the Statue of Liberty disappear or a train car or, like, an all elephant of that. or something? All of that. I mean, everything. He did everything in the 90s, and, and most magicians who, you know, grew up around that time worshipped him, and, and that was a lot of... You know what happens in magic is someone comes around, like Doug Henning or Copperfield or David Blaine, and then everyone copies that style for a decade or two decades. Yeah. And, and it takes a long time to find your own style. Most magicians you see, you don't realize it, but most magicians are, are cover magicians. Yeah. Like a cover band. Yeah. They're, they're doing someone else's tricks. Very few magicians are actually both creating and performing their own magic. Yeah. And it takes a long time to kind of find yourself. In Do you it. have tricks that are purely yours? Yeah, absolutely. I got lots ah, because... it's crazy. It was my language. Like when I was 15... I, I read books on magic and we had ma- visiting magicians that would come to Orlando. Yeah. And so that's what I thought you'd do. So when I was like 16, I wrote my first little booklet set of lecture notes. When I was 18, I got on a Greyhound bus and I traveled around the country doing lectures for magicians, teaching them the tricks that I had created because I didn't know any better. I thought that's what you do. You You were 18 back. and traveling around doing lectures for people older than you doing what you do I know it's, it, it, I didn't know any better it's set on you dude <laughs> <laughs> wow I remember it was a Greyhound bus ticket it was an unlimited two week ticket that sounds like horrible bucks. it was horrible it was awful <laughs> I remember I'll tell you this is what happened on the way from Peoria Illinois <laughs> the bus had to stop somewhere on Not, Georgia Alabama yeah they kicked somebody out so the bus driver was yelling at somebody and she you're the worst out. person on the bus I, get out and she was wrong I had everyone on that bus sign a petition <laughs> saying that she lied to the cops and she kicked this guy out for no reason oh, wow and I just found this I found this petition actually in myself. but yeah I was like a gas like what is going on yeah, you were the leader home. of the bus it was weird you bus leader good for you <laughs> that, that's funny I uh you're you're pretty no but you know what? here's something cool that happened there is yeah I'm sitting there this was leaving from uh the longest trip was going from Virginia to Peoria <sighs> Illinois and we were somewhere in Pittsburgh when when the the bus stopped to pick up more people uh. and I look around and everyone who's getting on the bus, they're like, you know, it's Greyhound. So yeah. they're not sitting next to me. I'm like, okay, good, good, good. And we're getting ready to leave. And sure enough, this one guy comes on the bus wearing like a wife beater and his chest hair is just sticking out everywhere. And I'm like, I know he's going to sit next to it me. It was me. Yeah, this, sure. This guy comes over. Sure enough, he sits down next to me. He turned out to be the most fascinating, gentle soul. Yeah. He ended up mailing me a book on philosophy like months later that there he signed for me. Yeah, yeah. Bus And it was Gandhi. just like, yeah. So, so you, I think, you know, like you said, you like to travel around the world. You like to get lost. So when we open ourselves up to that experience, amazing things happen. I would not do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not 18. I was 18. 18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those were good times. Quest number eight. Uh, who do you who do you know that I don't know? Like David Copperfield, for instance. <laughs> uh, who brings something to uh, our little town or our state or our world. Uh, I always say Orlando, but I mean, you know, if you know Bono, you can get him to sit on the blue couch and have my dog bark. Working on the Bono thing, it'll happen one day. I know. Oh. I don't. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably just boop myself. <laughs> you just so, I, like, like, uh, I, like, I like you a lot. Please stop making the same record over and over again. <laughs> who do you know, like that could come in and hang out? So I. I so okay. So I was thinking, who would be a great connection for you? Um, I. It's, well, I guess two people. I'll give you two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're both in in some form of broadcasting now. Okay. Um, one of them has a podcast, Kristen Manieri. 
Um, she runs Orlando Date Night Guide. Okay, I think I, I think I know that name. Yeah, hit me. Yeah, there's so there's, she, the, the website Date Night Guide is really cool. A lot of cool ideas on there. They do um, a charity event called Do Good Date Night, and we're teaming up with them where. You're going to go to do a charity event and you get to see some magic. So you kind of get rewarded for the, the hard work and the cool. help that you do. Yeah, yeah. She's really awesome. And her podcast is all about, it's called The Synced Life. And she's very thoughtful, really nice person. I think you'd, you'd get along with her. And then since uh, Kayla O'Brien recommended me, yeah. I'll send it back to journalism. And I would say uh, John Bustecker. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, John? I think I've reached out to him. I think we just can't get our, our, uh, our worlds to line up because he's a busy dude. He's a busy dude. So, yeah, him and Andre Bailey are, are doing the collective. Um, it's like a gathering of nonprofit leaders. Yeah. So everyone, it's great. It's been going on for over a year. I presented at their first meeting and I do magic once in a while. I show up just because they're amazing people who love to help yeah and all the organizations they work with help orlando yeah so i think john and andre would be a great both of them have them on here if you would reach out to them and if, if you're listening john or andre is that what you said yeah, yeah. Uh, uh please come on my podcast that'd be cool do you have a good time was this fun yeah man this good. is great good thank you very much and i enjoy listening you know as i was getting ready to go on the show i always do my homework i always do good my research you. so i listen and as soon as i listen to the first one i was like i want to listen to another one and another one and you've got a great vibe with the guests. You got fascinating people, and I love that you are you are highlighting the people that make Orlando, you know, interesting and are a part of this great community because we are growing. Yeah. And as much as we've grown in the last ten years, it's going to continue for the next this, twenty. This is a drop in the bucket. We got a cool city here. Yeah, we do. Like it, it, it's really just interesting, and it's I don't know every city's full of that. Like everybody's every city's got interesting people. Mm -hmm. We we didn't invent you know the craft beer scene or the magic scene or the art scene, but we we do our own brand of it and. Yeah. And being shadowed by Universal and Disney and SeaWorld and stuff like that, people come into town for that and never leave that mm -hmm, little section. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to come out and, and go to La Femme du Fromage or go to Little Indies or, or go to the East End Market or, you know, or walk around Lake Eola or go see a soccer game or, you know, yeah. or go see some magic. I'll or, say this. There was a New York Times article written about Disney Springs and we have a magician. So I have, I have magicians on my team here in Orlando mm -hmm. and one of the guys there performs five nights a week. And in the New York Times article, the very first paragraph talks about this woman's experience watching our magician Moreau do magic for her there. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really amazing. And so I know that Disney has a lot, but like you said, I think all the Orlando locals we are so proud of. Uh, Colonial and Mills and Winter Park and so many other Yeah, yeah, Mills 50 and uh, yeah. Audubon Park and Winter Park and, you know, just, we, we've got stuff. Yeah. And it was so, my, my family would come down from up north and go, we're going to Disney, can you meet us out here? It's like, can you meet me? You know, you think that developed because we heard that all the time, like all the locals were so tired of like kind of being ignored that that's why there's such a great local scene that's developed in the last I 10 think years. When I got here, it was more of a people were just angry. Like, yeah, you know, where's our culture? Yeah. Well, no, it was more like we don't need you. Don't come. You know, it was like, you know, uh, uh, Wally's is for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Go Lounge is for us. You know, go home. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the, the surfers, you know, get out of here, Valley. You know, it's just get off my beach. And now it's like, come on in, you know, and bring your money. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean that, though, because what we have is worth the money. Going, going to Ravenous Pig is worth the money. You know, going, going and, and uh, having a beer at Red Light is worth the money, you know, and, and, uh, and we've got stuff and I'll get off my high horse now thank, yeah. thank you remind the kids where they can and find you online see you do magic and have your people yeah. remind the kids of that absolutely so if you're if you're in Orlando come see I do a magic dinner show at Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster 
It used to be the old Del Frisco's on Lee Road. Mm, yummy. Family owned, 25 years, best steakhouse in Orlando. Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. We do a four course meal and an hour and a half magic show featuring myself and one of our guest magicians. We do that once a month and the website is magicshoworlando.com. So just go to magicshoworlando.com, check that out. If you want to bring me into any of your events or my team, it's cmagiclive, S-E-E, cmagiclive.com. And I'm online, social media, you can check out K-Magic. So just the letter K, M-A-G-I-C, kmagic.com. That's got all my information. It's a, you are very good. It was fun like doing the research for you, just looking around, and you you are a very likable dude. <laughs> I love people. There's nothing that thinks, man. Yeah. I, I love people, and I love the opportunity to bring joy into people's lives, and, and thanks to my family moving here and discovering magic, I get to do that, and this was a blast. Thank you. My, my pleasure. I want to remind you kids that uh, the haunting theme of Scotch and Good Conversation was written by my, my buddy, CJ Mask. Uh, if you need something from him, like a theme or something, I don't, I don't know why I'm advertising other than I love CJ and he writes cool music and he's good at what he does. Get at me if you need cool music. Uh, this podcast, and there's scotch there if you want some. <laughs> there, there is scotch. Now I'm ready. <laughs> okay, there's scotch there if you want some. And it is from Compass Box Whiskey. They make some dynamite scotch. They, they, they're doing it really, really, really well. And we're proud to be able to be affiliated with them. They are available at any place that you can buy decent liquor. Uh, Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor, my favorite beer bar in the entire world in Audubon Park, 2810 Kareen Drive. Odds are, if you see me there, I will buy you the cheapest beer on the menu. La Femme du Fromage, Orlando's Cheese Shop. Uh, in the East End Market, they're good at what they do, and they have yummy, yummy food and beers, and they're just nice. 3210 Kareen Drive, Orlando Meats. It's a butcher shop. It's a restaurant right next to the Matador at 728 Virginia Drive in Little Indies. Craft cocktails and beer in just a hip, cool section of town. 1036 Mills Avenue. If you dig what we're doing here, do me a favor. Leave a review. It's real simple. It takes you about three seconds. Leave us five stars, four stars, anything else. Just don't leave a review and just don't listen again. Uh, subscribe. Uh, go back and listen to all our past episodes at scotchandgoodconversation.com. Give us a call. 407-706-9523. Tell a friend, I love you. We're my new, you're my new friend, man. I love you, too. Thank you very much for listening. You guys, if, if there's someone in your life who you love, tell them that. Because sometimes you don't get a chance to, and it'll make you sad. Yeah. Uh, and go outside and play and hug each other. All right? Have fun. Take care. Peace. Bye-bye. Production.